everybody. Welcome to Q on Q. It is part two of our best summer ever series. It's been quite a summer in this neck of the woods. Uh, when we recorded last time, it was in the 60s and cloudy. And this past week, it's been bouncing in and around 90 degrees and hot, hot, hot. It's been fun to get in the pool. How's everybody's summer going so far? Since our last episode, it's been pretty quiet around here. Uh, we had some doctor's visits to get taken care of. Our daughter's doing some summer work. And oh yeah, that college visit I mentioned last time. Still kind of weird to think our youngest uh, was going to a college visit, but I guess it's time. It's all been good. Such anointed family time, getting to do things together, getting to focus on things we haven't done in a while. It's been good. Very good. So if you missed last time, we are in season three. Come on, episode 44 already? Time flies when you're having fun and doing God's work, at least for me. So here's what you missed from last time if you did not catch part one of the Best Summer Ever series. Last week, we talked about the topic, take a walk, and I focused on why it's important to keep your health, and I mean all aspects of your health, in check so you can do God's work in your life. You can't fulfill your calling in your vessel if it isn't in good working order. I talked about the importance of physical health, spiritual health, mental health, and relational health. If you haven't given it a listen yet, go check it out. You can find it on qonq.com or through most major podcast providers. So this week, the title is Work in the Garden. And no, I'm not going to talk just about how to take care of your plants, your flowers, or your tomatoes. We're going to take today from two perspectives. First, I'm going to talk a little bit about your literal garden and time outside. And then we're going to talk a little bit in a metaphorical sense about planting and cultivating. I'm not much of an outdoors person. I'll take a hotel over a tent any day. But you know, the outdoors provide more than just beautiful scenery, sunshine, and oxygen. It's true riches have been known for centuries. Jonathan Edwards once said, Surely there's something in the unruffled calm of nature that overawes our little anxieties and doubts. The sight of the deep blue sky and the clustering stars above seems to impart a quiet to the mind. I grew up just 10 minutes away from where I live now, in rural western Pennsylvania. Even though I live in a neighborhood full of houses, farms, and acres of crops and um, farm animals are just really five minutes away. I can't say that the waff of manure is one of my favorite scents, but there's something special to me about driving through the countryside, or just getting out and about where there's not a whole lot, and you know you really just see trees and bushes and creeks and sky. Scientists have discovered that we, as human beings, have a need for the great outdoors. God's creation has a healing effect on us. It can serve as a natural stress reliever, which makes sense that some of us then love to fill our homes with plants and flowers or like to fall asleep listening to the sounds of the babbling brook or raindrops. There was actually a study done that showed people in hospitals with windows in their rooms often healed faster than those who didn't. No matter what obstacles we face, our worries are only a small part of the greater universe designed by our Creator. Have you ever taken time just to get outside and listen to the birds singing? Or to watch the butterflies or the hummingbirds go by? To just be, you know, in the present? Last spring, my family bought me an elevated garden. It's one of those little carts where you can put 8 to 10 different plants in it, like herbs and vegetables and things like that, and it's up on the ground on wheels, pretty convenient, and most of the animals, especially the ground ones, can't get to them. We have a ton of wildlife that visit us, rabbits, squirrels, deer, and the like, and very few things I put in the ground before this actually ever survived, thanks to those munching little creatures. 
So anyways, it's something I've always wanted. In the first season, last year, we did cherry tomatoes, cucumbers, beans, strawberries, and mint. The mint grew like crazy, so much that we couldn't use 90% of it. The beans didn't turn out so hot. They were tiny and tended to shrivel before they ever had a chance to grow. We got a few really good cucumbers, but the tomatoes, those cherry tomatoes, those were a jackpot. I love making salsa out of them. We got probably a hundred of them in just a short period of time. Um, you know, more than I even was able to really use. This year we have tomatoes and cucumbers and sweet peppers and more herbs. I'm looking forward to reaping this harvest in the coming weeks. So let me be honest with you. I don't know much about plants and getting them to be their best. I pay for the better soil and I water them regularly and hope that they grow and do what they're supposed to do. I never really knew that we're actually like garden principles that give guidance on how to get your plants and flowers to be their best. There's things like picking the right soil, which I just go with the one that the bag says is supposed to work, using fertilizer, giving it enough sun and enough shade, proper spacing, you know, so much to think about and consider. For me, I wanted to do plants for years and kept saying how nice it would be to be able to go pick fresh tomatoes. But I never did. And I couldn't have tomatoes if I never took steps to plant them. Think about it from the perspective of the farmer who's waiting for crops to grow to earn income to support his family. Nothing is going to happen until he plants some seeds. He can pray all he wants and talk about it all he wants, but it's not going to produce a crop. He's got to plant some seed. Everything in life starts as a seed, whether it's a business, a relationship, even a church. Nothing happens until the seed is planted. So why does God require us to plant a seed? Well, planting a seed is an act of faith. Some of you might be familiar with the parable of the sower from the book of Matthew, chapter 13. Jesus uses an interesting illustration that tells us a lot about our role in sowing seeds and bringing lost sinners back to the Father. A farmer can't force the crops to grow. He can't control the weather, or for the most part, the condition of the soil. His job is to work as hard as he can to plant seeds, and then steadfastly tend to their cultivation to the best of his ability. As followers of Christ, and just like that farmer, we must diligently plant the seeds and tend to the ground that God has entrusted to us. We sow and trust God to make it rain. My question for you today is this. Are you sitting or are you sowing? For some, God has laid upon their hearts a desire to sow into a specific person or group or community. And for others, we have the chance to sow seeds through experiences we have or interactions we choose to undertake. Now, for some people, they instantly connect this to giving money and getting something in return. So I'll start with this. Yes, God calls us to tithe, giving our first 10%. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But what I'm referring to here is something much bigger. Sowing a seed could be encouraging words. Sowing a seed could be motivating actions. Sowing a seed could be just your presence. We can't do it alone, but we have an important role to play. We plant and we trust. It's a conscious choice we make to combine action and faith that moves the results out of our hands and into God's. So how do the seeds we plant go about being cultivated? Well, we live in a world that values big. Whether it's big actions, major impacts, or some giant works, it's easy to get caught up thinking that only the big things matter. We end up thinking our efforts are small and seem insignificant. Do you ever feel like your kindness, 
your action, your efforts, your words don't really matter, that they aren't big enough or far-reaching enough, we might never be famous or make headlines. But the seed God plants in and through us, all of those are our opportunity to live for him. We're called to scatter them, to give words of encouragement and offered prayer, a word of hope, a small act of kindness or something else. They're all seeds. Sometimes we'll have an opportunity to stay with those seeds. And when we do, we can help cultivate to the best of our ability by continuing to provide those kind words, those times of encouragement, that positive example. Sometimes we only get to plant the seed. The growth, the expansion, the rooting of that seed is in God's timing and with his provision. We never know how and when he'll grow a seed, and in his time, they'll grow. We may or may not even see them, but that's how it works, in his way and his time. And we can be at peace knowing we faithfully did our part. I'm reminded of a few scriptures that reassure us of this fact, like Galatians 6, 9 and 10 says, So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all. What about Matthew 17, 20, when Jesus says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I've seen so many examples through the years of people planting seeds, even very small ones, and people who literally have planting seeds as their calling. One of those people is my dear friend, Skylar Wingate Massey. I've known Skylar for several years through our church, Grace Life Church. Skylar's the founder and CEO of Plant a Seed Children's Partnership, and she has over 20 years of experience in the social services and educational sectors in the Pittsburgh area and beyond. And God has given her a vision to bring a new kind of mentoring program by coupling creativity and relationships with the arts. And she's my first ever guest on this podcast, and I'm so super excited and honored to have Skylar with us on this week's episode to tell us a little bit more about her work. Skylar, it is great to be with you. Thank you so much. I am honored to be here, Brian. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, the passion and vision behind Plant a Seed Children's Partnership? I would love to. So Plant a Seed came out of a strong, strong, um, just heartfelt need that really hit me over 20 years ago. I was working as a child advocate. I was working on a new program where the executive director of Kids Voice wanted to couple social workers with lawyers. And together, we worked together to advocate for kids. So I basically would have to go out and talk to about 180 kids that I had on my caseload before their hearing. And then I would take back what they wanted basically to the lawyer. And it was kind of a, a weird dichotomy because you know, you had lawyers who are trained to be adversarial working with children. So they knew that they needed people like us, like teachers right. and people who are relational to talk to kids. But that was where the seed was planted in me, literally, <laughs> in myself, where between that and I was teaching the first grade, I taught first grade for seven years and all of that worked together. And I started seeing kids that had no um, desire. You could tell that the world had planted all of these things inside of them and they didn't know who they were. And so because they didn't know who they were, they were following whatever was given to them, whether that was TV, 
media, music, they were taking all of it in and they were just allowing that to dictate and I and identify who they were. Mm -hmm. And so the seed was planted in me. You know, I just I started, you know, I just felt like the Lord put this fire inside of me. And I kept wondering, God, there's got to be something more. You know, these kids go to school and they're getting, you know, they're getting the basics, the fundamentals, which is needed. But I felt like there had to be something more um, between that and my own experience. I was a child or my father had passed away when I was young and my mother and my brother and I, we, we moved from state to state for quite mm. a few years. And so I was at different schools, you know, throughout the course of my junior high and high school. I was in different schools almost every year. And so, you know, new friends, new, it, it was just a mess. Honestly, it was a mess. Mm. And so um, I believe that, you know, with my own desire, my own um, seeing how things happen in my own life as a kid just gave me this this desire to really want to do something. Yeah. So um, you mentioned the importance of um, kids finding their moral identity. What are some of the programs or maybe initiatives or opportunities you've had through the years? I know you've got a really exciting one going on right now. What are some of the things in your ministry to kind of uh, let that be an outlet for kids? So uh, when I first established Plant a Seed as a nonprofit, which was in 2015, I had been doing it, but I kind of had just been, you know, volunteering here and there. But when I established as a nonprofit, I started working as a consultant for an organization called Circles International, which was through a ministry called Open Hands. Um, really, really wonderful ministry. But Circles is a is an international ministry. I loved it because, and the thing is, I went to visit and I automatically fell in love because what it was, was it was people of all different cultures, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, all people coming together, African, sitting down at a meal, and these were all adults, sitting down at a meal and talking about issues that we have today. Over a meal, they were talking about the issues of poverty, the issues of racism, the issues of how can we get people to um, that are in one economic bracket be a bridge to understand and educate people to move up, you know, so different right. educational economic bra brackets and all ways. So I loved it. And so what they did was they hired me to teach the kids. So while they were sitting, well, we would all sit and have a meal together. Mm -hmm. And then I would go upstairs and I was challenged to teach the exact same thing. And all that did was just strengthen, you know, my resolve because it's the same thing. Because you're teaching moral development and self-esteem using the arts, education, and athletics. So as we're we're coupling all that together, we're sitting at the table and we're and literally we're talking about um, extinct animals. And we're talking about, you know, how do animals become extinct? And we're we're the kids. We're together, not me, but together we're tying it in to how can this group, you know, uh, how can this poverty mindset make people feel extinct? Mm -hmm. How can people be looked at as ignored when it comes to their color or their beliefs or their culture? And, and we were using animals. And so I just create the framework. I, I just say, kids we're going to do something, you know, right. how much time do you give me? If they give me, if the adults give me a week, they give me a month at the end of that time, 
we you are going to fill this framework and i love it because they just bring all of their and when you do that i'm sure you know this too when you challenge kids to solve a problem and you tell them i want you to help me they they love it they They'll rise to the occasion it. every time yep <laughs> every time and yep. i feel like brian that's like um a missing piece um that i think people are getting it you know as teachers like us you know people are and i'm sure there's a million other teachers as people come together and get the word out that kids need buy-in and it's so simple you literally just have to give them a problem, mm -hmm. you know, and say, I need you to, I don't have the answer. I need, I might have a piece of the answer, but I need you to give me the answer. Um, and so that is, to me, that's another answer to the mentoring, um, the moral development and identity. Kids automatically, when they, when they can succeed in small successes and they have these little, these little pieces of places in their life and in their development where they say, oh, I was good in that. I was good in this. Oh, that teacher asked me to tell them what I think and what, and they told me my views are important. When they do that, when they get older and throughout their life, they will look back and they will remember those mm -hmm. small successes and they will become a bridge to, to, to help them say, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to try this because I already know that I can be successful. You mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes you have the opportunity to work with groups for a week or maybe a month or like in this case, maybe you work with some of these groups in the summer and then maybe return to Pittsburgh and they kind of move forward with the program. I know the name of your your organization has plant a seed in it. Um, how How is that? You know, sometimes I think about planting a seed and not being around to kind of see maybe how God cultivates that later on. You know, how how do you um, apply that in your ministry and the whole idea of, you know, planting a seed being such an important component? The whole aspect of taking something small, a very small concept like identity and going deep, not that the concept is small, but instead of I could go forever and I have, I could go, you know, and plant a seed is, is a year. It's a very long, I could take four months just on identity alone. You know mm -hmm. that you can go deep, deep, but because I only have five weeks, I had to focus in on one or two really, really important principles, but I had to, as I was teaching every day, including today, I had to really pray, you know, and hope that, the seed is going to go down and these are middle school students hope that the seed's going to be planted and that it will, you know, someone will water it, you know, by God's grace mm -hmm. and that it will grow. So, so basically um, make a long story short. I, I trust in the scripture, you know, where in the Bible, he said, plant the seed. Someone will, God will give the, I have to trust that God mm -hmm. will give the increase. And it also says in the scripture that, the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance. And so as we continue to pray for laborers, God will send those people to help water, you know, that seed. Well, I'm sure we probably have some people out there listening who are still saying, well, I don't know if I can make a difference. I'm just one person. I can't do that much. I used to have that thought. Why should I go out and help? Why should I cast my vote? Why should I whatever? What would you say to those people to encourage them to plant a seed themselves? 
Wow. Um, that's such an amazing question because I was, you know, I, that's how I've always thought of myself, uh, single mom, you know, um, but when, you know, God first gave it, whether I'm a, a wife and mother, single mother, working three jobs, you know, um, but this fire that God had put in my heart would not go away. You know, I'm, I'm looking at these jobs and I'm, I'm tired and stressed out, you know, I'm having to work and having to do these things. And these thoughts are constantly in our minds, but God, God will let you know, and it's for all of us. He plants a seed. There is a fire that he has put inside of all of us. And you may think that you are one person, but with God, you are the majority. With mm, God, with Christ, you can do all things. One of my favorite quotes ever is Henry Ford. You know, he, when he was making the first car, uh, Henry Ford said, failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. That is so I, good. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to keep that, that one. Well, you are doing some incredible things. Uh, why don't you tell folks uh, where they can find out more information about your ministry if they are curious? I sure will. So we have a website. It's seed pgh.com instagram is paspgh412 please follow us please follow us we are really trying to be consistent about um, this journey here and what's happening um, you can also sign up for our newsletter we also have a united way um, if you go onto united way's site we are um, we have a united way number and i'm mm. asking people please look up plan a seed children's partnership um, and please donate to us. We are we are walking by faith and we are growing and we would love to um, for you to donate. And we would love for you to make a decision to partner with this amazing thing that God, it's just God. God has done an amazing thing. It's been an honor to have you with us this week. Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing the exciting growth that's continuing to come from your ministry. And uh, I know you'll do this, but just keep doing what God has called you to do. Thank you so much, Brian. Skylar has heeded the call. She is planting seeds and making a difference through her work. She's going to touch so many kids, and those in turn will touch so many. And the ripple effect will literally change a generation. As a teacher, you know I've been called to plant seeds of encouragement every day in my students. And no matter how old you are, what you do for a living, or where you live, you can make a huge difference. What a thought. Our words, our efforts, our good works play out way beyond the moment. They can have far-reaching effects that we may never know. Let me pray for you before we go this week. Father God, I pray this week that we will be intentional in planting seeds. Help us be bold and confident in your ability to use us, despite our fears, failures, and shortcomings. May my life be spent sowing seeds of your great love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, friends, I want to encourage you today to be faithful in the small things. Keep planting those seeds and trust that he will use you for his purpose. I want to thank Skylar for being with us, and I would encourage you to check out all about her ministry. You can find all the information on how to get uh, on her social media and website and all those things posted in the description for this podcast. And I would encourage you to hop on to United Way and consider being a support for Skylar's ministry as well. 
Well, our Best Summer Ever series continues next week with the topic, Make Stuff. This one is going to be for my creative friends out there. I'm going to be focusing on why it's important to actually take action on something instead of just being all talk. I pray that the word God has given me this week will speak to you in some way. And I thank you again for listening. And we will see you back here next time when we'll have more for you on Cube.